Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday, September 15, 2021. Uh, looking forward to getting to a lot of things uh, this week. Obviously more college football, NFL Week 2 coming up. Um, obviously the NBA and, you know, some of the things to look out for coming up with some of the teams here in the preseason action, so that should be fun. Um, it was nice to see uh, the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony um, and the speeches by Chris Bosch and Paul Pierce, among others, uh, this past weekend, so that was great to see overall. Um, can we see what happens in basketball this season? So I'm going to kick off today's episode by talking about the NFL and know kind of listing some things that um, are definitely overreactions and what I mean is obviously you know teams sometimes suffer losses uh, on a certain week and then people are like oh no this team is done and they're going to be you know not the rest of the way or they're going to have problems down the road and like the job that the media and the sports it's like obviously based on what you see one week kind of make your judgment and assessment on those and you know just kind of have to see more and more of the film the games and stuff to really make a true assessment of these teams but I'm gonna list some of my week one overreactions and whether they are overreactions or not um let me start with the Green Bay Packers Packers um you know are they gonna be a top five know after this loss to the New Orleans Saints you have some who are saying that the Packers won't be a top five team in the NFL this year I'm gonna say that's an overreaction Um, the Green Bay Packers despite the loss that they had at the hands of the New Orleans Saints uh, they still have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers whether he's interested or not interested or he's not engaged, or he's not uh, on the same page in the front office. Aaron Rodgers pretty much laid it out this season, what the intention was, right? To play for the Lombardi Trophy, to win the Super Bowl, win a title, otherwise it's a bust. And so they brought back everybody, literally everybody on offense that they could bring back, right? They drafted wide receivers in the later rounds of the draft. They are still the best team in that division. Otherwise, you know, unless otherwise you know, proved. You have the Lions and the Bears who are trying to see what they have at quarterback. Right, both teams are still going to be formidable, but in terms of the NFC North, you know, the Packers are going to be above them in the quarterback situation. So, you look at the Minnesota Vikings, their defense is uh, still a mess. Uh, so, the Packers should win the division, right? They are going to be able to do what they have to do on offense. Obviously, they're getting beat in this kind of fashion. You can expect going forward some of the games that they do have coming up, they're going to take care of business. And so, I think they'll still be a top five team this year in the NFL. Um, the defense obviously doesn't. Um, make you believe that because of how they played um, but like I said 
Packers are going to come out on Monday Night Football against the Lions. Probably going to be able to run their offense a little bit better. I think you'll see much more improvement. And I think that they will be a top five team this year, just based on their record. And just being able to uh, be right there in the NFC, you know, with the Packers, um, and you know, with the Buccaneers and the other teams. I mean, the Packers are still going to be the second best team in the NFC, or even the first, depending on how they play versus the way. So I think that this loss that they had uh, was just more of, you know, just not playing their best. And I think they'll turn it around and be back to normal in the weeks to come. Second thing um, is Urban Meyer and the Jaguars are going to have a long season. And that, I think, is definitely an overreaction. Yes, they lost to the Houston Texans. Yes, the Texans have been through a lot of uh, PR and really bad, uh, you know, management situations the past few seasons. Um, obviously, the whole situation with Deshaun Watson still, um, you know, there's no clear indication of what's going to happen there. But the Texans came out week one and uh, beat the Jaguars at home. Pretty much lighting up that Jaguars defense. Trevor Lawrence had his moments of goodness and other moments of just throwing some passes that he shouldn't have thrown. Um, but for those who are saying that it's going to be a long season, they're not going to be able to do a whole lot. Definitely an overreaction. Look, the Jaguars are, are, are never going to be... They're not going to be able to hit their stride. As, it's the case for a lot of these teams. They're not going to be able to hit their stride early on. The Jaguars are hoping that they can see progress from their offense, from Trevor Lawrence throughout the season. Jaguars won't win many games, but that doesn't mean it'll be a long season. I think you'll see them at least win two or three more games than they did since last season. But they're going to be in a lot more of these games once they start getting this offense right and having more of a balance, you know, in terms of doing things. And Robert Meyer, you know, obviously with his coaching resume in college and NFL pros and transition, you know, I would say that Robert Meyer just needs time. And we'll find out, I think, seven to eight games in, what he can do with this roster. Um, you know, I don't see them being, uh, you know, losing a lot of games by a lot of points. You know, to me, a long season is that you just don't get anything done on offense. You know, you're behind a lot of games. I don't think they'll get behind in too many of these games, but even if they do, Trevor Lawrence's talent in this offense, they should be able to make some of these games more interesting uh, to the point where they'll have a chance at least to compete and be much better overall, um, you know, in spots they were in last season. Uh, next thing is uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is the MVP candidate after one game. That is definitely an overreaction to me. Um, Kyler Murray is a great talent. Obviously, he's been able to do some special things so far in his career. But to me, for Kyler Murray to be an MVP, it's about consistency. It's about finishing the finishing off in the second half of the season. So, 
he had a great performance against the Tennessee Titans defense that clearly did not play well. Secondary situation was really poor. Uh, I want to see Kyle Murray do this and be and be able to show consistency against the division and in the NFC. Uh, that's what I'm really looking at for Kyler Murray. He can be an MVP candidate, but it's about how does he play from week to week. Can he take care of the teams that he's supposed to beat? And can he keep it up throughout the entire season is the question. And like I said, durability is definitely a question with him. Being able to see how smart he is with the football. If he gets pressured, that will be key. But um, I don't see him being an MVP candidate this year. Just not yet. Because I think that uh, you still want to see if he can be able to have that chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins against some of the better teams in the NFC. But teams that, that can defend um, his mobility and his playmaking ability. You want to see how well he does those situations. So I think that he'll be a good quarterback. But I don't see him entering the MVP conversation this season. Um, and the only way he's going to enter that MVP conversation is having a stretch of games where he's really consistent and putting up some big numbers. And I think that that would be a challenge um, with more teams just being able to stack the deck against him um, and, 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 you know, at the line. Um, so I think that that definitely will be something to watch out for. Moving on, um, Tennessee. Um, is Tennessee in danger of missing the AFC South? Definitely an overreaction. Obviously, their week one performance was not what you were expecting from Tennessee Titans. Not what I was expecting. Um, they got beat uh, fairly easily by um, by the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And so, Tennessee, despite their loss, uh, despite the comments that Mike Grable has made about Julio Jones, this team is just too talented not to uh, make it to the AFC title. I mean, the Colts are their closest competition in the division, so Tennessee obviously just need to get, get back to basics, running the football, protecting better. They can't make Ryan Tannehill be the guy all the time. I mean, he, he has to be that at some points during this season. He wasn't he wasn't that way in week one. But week two and onward, I think that this offense will get it going. Uh, A.J. Brown's a great talent. Willie Dunn's a great talent. Uh, I think there will be some improvements along the offensive line. And the question is, who can kind of become that uh, better tight end for the, for the roster? Who can pass for tuck, can pass deck well and run block well? That'll be key, but there's no way they're gonna miss, you know, making the postseason or making the postseason title. I think they'll win the title because in the division, like I said, I don't think that the Texans and the Jaguars are gonna be, you know, be able to close to that. So it comes down to the Colts and the Titans to me. The Colts still have a lot of answers at quarterback and their offense, in my opinion. So I could see. Tennessee just being able to weather the storm and win the division despite their defense not being as good as it's supposed to be. Considering what they've lost in free agency and changes they've had, I don't think that defense will be as good, but it'll be enough to get the UFC um, South title and maybe improve from there.
Now, looking at some of the other things across the league, um, I would say the Cleveland Browns, um, you know, statement here, the Cleveland Browns can win big time games. I'm going to say that's not an overreaction. Now, the Cleveland Browns last season won quite a few games uh, to make it to the postseason. Right, they played their best at time. They beat the Steelers, came a couple of plays against the Chiefs. Um, but the whole thing with the Cleveland Browns now is, you know, winning those big time games. And they haven't done so, you know, um, in my opinion. You know, if you want to call beating the Steelers last year a big time win, sure, I'll give you that. Um, but there were many games last year that I can point to, like the game against the Rams at home that they didn't win. And so they started out here on, on the Chiefs, right, um, on the road, big time game, because we know that they were hyped up through the off season and everything. And they came out, played a pretty good game, but then Patrick Mahomes happened in the fourth quarter. And so to me, the kind of game the Browns play against the Chiefs is the kind of game that they may play against other opponents. And so they haven't done it um, consecutively, right? So they had a really good season last year, right? Kevin Spencer came in, Browns had a winning record, won a playoff game, all that great. Now with the Cleveland Browns, the whole expectation is that Baker Mayfield's going to be a quarterback, but she's going to get paid. At some point, Baker Mayfield's going to have to win you those big-time games. And situations like these two-minute drives at the end of the games is what Baker Mayfield's going to have to prove. Those are, to me, big-time games. And within those kind of big-time games, it comes down to how do you execute down the stretch of a football game. And Baker Mayfield, you know, despite you know how he did, uh, he did throw an interception. Um, you know, there was a drive they had going, and he threw a pass that he shouldn't have thrown under pressure, got picked off. You know, so to me, the Cleveland Browns, they got to find a way to win games this year that really, really matter. Now, against their division and all that, depending on the record they have, it may come down to it. But the Browns have to prove that they can win those big-time games. You know, some they did last season. But now everything's kind of changed now because they have a better defense, right? They've addressed some spots there, added some players there. You know, you have Odell Beckham back. So the whole narrative now is can they win with this talent, with all these weapons they have on offense, and are they going to be able to win in the AFC against those top teams? And they may not get those opportunities right early in the season, but... You know, coming down the stretch, can they win those big-time games? Can they get home field advantage or at least get close to having a playoff game at home? You know, that is one thing that you want to see them do. And only they can make that happen is winning some big-time games that they have to win, taking care of teams that are clearly not on their, well, I was on their level, but teams that they should be, you want to see them come out there and do that. And so... Chiefs was a tough one, obviously, on the road. But going forward, there are a lot of games that they should be able to win um, and be able to you know, try to vie for that AFC North title. 
uh, so they can get a home playoff game. I think that's something that they definitely have to try to make happen this year. Um, and let's see if they can do it uh, with some of the games that are going to be coming up uh, in the later portion of the season. You just want to see them uh, continue to do that you know, more so than anything. And that will be the key, um, you know, as they try to see improvements from Baker Mayfield uh, in this offense. Other than that, uh, look at some of the other results across the board. Um, yeah, there is one of things saying out there that the Eagles may win the NFC East title. That is definitely an overreaction. And I'm, I'm not saying because I'm a Giants fan or whatever, but look, the Eagles won one game against the Atlanta Falcons defense that I thought would be much better, and they weren't. Uh, but the Eagles are yet to be tested. Um, and in terms of them winning the division, sure, right now it looks like it because you look at the Washington football team and Ryan Fitzpatrick being out for a while, uh, or at least the next two weeks or so, you know, that definitely is going to be something to consideration. Obviously, the Giants have a lot of work to do, um, considering how they lost week one. Dallas... Did look pretty good against Tampa, but you know now they go to the West Coast. Now they face the Chargers in Week Two, so it does look like the Eagles have an, you know have a you know uh, an advantage maybe depending on their schedule. But to me, like the Eagles, you know, despite Jalen Hurts' incredible performance, the Eagles are going to eventually get tested. Um, they have a test coming up this weekend against the 49ers. You know, just want to see if they can keep it up. You know, can they keep it up um, with that consistency? And look, the division of the NFC East always comes down to like the last few weeks or so. So, you know, they have a long ways to go. And, you know, eventually some of these teams are going to be able to challenge Nick Sarani, probably more so. And I think that you'll see the Eagles kind of be in the middle of the pack, probably. Um, I don't see them in the NFC East as of right now, and let's see how it plays out. Like I said, it's a long way to go between uh, now and the end of the season. So in this next segment, I want to continue with my NBA uh, season previews. And I want to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans and their outlook for the upcoming 2021-22 NBA season. The New Orleans Pelicans went 31 and 41 last season. Uh, the Pelicans have been very close uh, to the playoff picture the last couple of seasons. Um, we know that they've obviously had a lot of changes in terms of their roster and coaching. Um, and so now Willie Green is the new head coach in place. Willie Green, who spent a lot of time with the Phoenix Suns and some other organizations and clubs throughout his career. Willie Green steps in place, and you know the Pelicans have definitely had a, a, quite a few of roster uh, turnovers. Pieces I would say this often that have changed. You know, you just look at it. Um, you know, this team is going to be built around Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, 
And uh, what the Falcons are doing right now, um, it's really to keep Zion Williamson there as their future of their franchise. And so getting to the postseason is key for the New Orleans Pelicans. But also having Zion Williamson healthy for a full season definitely has to be taken into consideration. Uh, Zion is a special talent. He's averaged almost 23 points his first year, 27 the second year. Um, obviously, he did miss quite a bit, I think, one of these seasons ago. So, you know, just want to see him come and be healthy and be available for a lot of these games that the Falcons do have. The long and busy season, we definitely need him to be out there. He is one of their best scorers. He can do it all. We already saw, you know, glimpses of that last season, what he can do in terms of his ability to, you know, make things happen, you know. So... They need him to be healthy, to be dominant, as he has shown in his career so far. Uh, they, you know, they re-signed Josh Hart, which was a big thing to do, considering how they weren't able to match Lonzo Ball's offer sheet. The Bulls ended up signing Lonzo Ball, um, and Lonzo Ball was obviously pretty good for the Pelicans, but obviously they needed a change, and they felt that they wanted to go in a different direction. So you look at what they've added uh, in the free agency period. You know, they did trade for Jonas Valachunas. You know, Devontae Graham is there. Uh, you have Garrett Temple. Um, so their point guard situation will be interesting to watch this season. Obviously, you want to see um, how well you know, the Zion with us would do with the point guards that they have on this roster. I mean, with Lonzo, he had a couple of, you know, connections and stuff like that. So you just kind of see things go and take place. Um, but now it's all about ball movement and really being good in some areas of scoring, especially at the point guard spot. So Willie Green's going to have to be very creative with his roster. You know, there are a couple of point guards that he could really use in a variety of ways, you know, on this roster. But... Being able to defend as well as keep for the Pelicans. Their defense hasn't been the best the last few seasons. They need to be more competitive and better um, overall. And especially in close game situations. You know, I think that is something that, that needs to be more of a factor. But like I said, Willie Green um, and the kind of role that he has the Phoenix Suns and the development of those players, uh, you just want to see how much he can get out of this talent. And he definitely has to have that uh, great, strong, you know, coach and player relationship because that's one thing that Stan Van Gundy wasn't able to do last season. And that really was surprising to look after one season. But the execution, the leadership, the ability to go to the players, um, I think Willie Green will challenge the Pelicans a lot more. You hope that he does um, because you, you want to see Brandon Ingram continue to develop and, and have a good season. He had previous season last year you want to see him keep doing that uh, again this year and you know overall just see a good performance from this roster and just in terms of their ability to you know be in the picture in the western conference you know there's a lot of good teams um in the west and it's going to be tough regardless of but if they are able to just get off to a better start, be consistent um, with the extra bigs that they have now, 
you know, keeping Zion Williamson fresh will be important. You know, um, but I think this season we'll see maybe Zion maybe have more of a leadership role, maybe play at different spots on the court. Pelicans have what it takes to be a good team, or at least compete for a playoff spot. I think they'll find a way to get in the mix in the play-in tournament this year. Um, you know, they obviously haven't had the best uh, success last few years, but you know, with David Griffin and where he's made some front office moves and trades and stuff like that, they have some assets. They have some players that may be able to shine and play much better. Devontae Graham is one player that I'm really looking forward to watching for the Pelicans, see what kind of role he has on this team, as he could be someone who could definitely help them in a lot of scoring positions as well. And they're going to need that this season, especially when they go up against some of the top teams in the West. They're going to need more than just Zion Williams to do it all. They're going to need other guys to key in and step up outside of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams. They're going to need production from their bench. And especially their defense and their rebounding situations will have to be on point this year to get it done. So I think that they'll find themselves right in the middle of the playoff spots. You know, I think they'll be somewhere in the eighth or ninth seed. Um, and I think they have a chance this season to play for the play-in tournament. Um, I think that Zion, Willie Green, that kind of, you know, I think Willie Green is going to do a lot of things for the Pelicans. I think you'll see much more improvements from them in certain aspects of the their game and maybe you know to the leadership and stuff they'll be much better um, and more committed in playing defense so in this next segment I want to talk about the Chicago Bulls and their preview for the 2021 NBA season uh, the Chicago Bulls are looking to make it back to the postseason for the first time since 2016. Uh, they were 31-41 last season, and the Bulls have been through a lot of changes, as I talked about earlier in the offseason with the free agent moves. Uh, just finding the right coach, being able to get the right talent, and, you know, obviously making some trades, kind of moving around the cap situation. The Bulls have been trying to find uh, solid core players that can help them get back to the postseason. Zach Levine has been really special for the Bulls um, ever since he arrived from Minnesota. You know, he's been able to do so many things overall on offense, really being a bright spot for the Bulls throughout all this transition. So you look at this now in this season, he finally has help, you know, with the signing of Lonzo Ball. And DeMar DeRozan, you know, the Bulls, for the first time in a while, have, you know, a good around, you know, good supporting cast around Zach Levine where, you know, they have a real shot of making it back to the postseason. Um, now, having said that, look at this overall roster and their depth, you know, you're still looking for some guys to kind of show you more, you know, like, like Kobe White, you know, Patrick Williams, and a couple others. You know, so you just want to see now the Bulls put it all together, be able to win more games than they have the last few seasons, and get good coaching. You know, obviously they went the college route that didn't work out so well. You know, now they've gone to bring in Billy Donovan, who's had a winning resume in terms of his coaching record with OKC and you know now with the Bulls. Uh, Billy Donovan, very creative in the way he can 
you know, call certain things and adjust certain things. So this Bulls offense is going to be really interesting to watch because, you know, you have Lonzo Ball who now comes over and you know, got the big contract. You know, with his shooting, his pass-making ability, you expect that the Bulls will improve in a lot of areas. Uh, DeMar DeRozan obviously was huge for the Spurs the last few seasons. He comes in with a lot of experience as well. You know, so Zach Levine has the ability now where, you know, he doesn't have to do it all by himself. You know, he's going to be able to stay fresh at, at certain times throughout the season. You know, kind of have that closer kind of mentality in some situations. So the Bulls have an exciting front five potentially. Obviously with Nikola Vujicic also being in the mix. Uh, there's a lot like, you know, about the Chicago Bulls overall as a roster. It's all about how can they get the chemistry going and all that going together fairly well. Um, you know, just looking at, you know, what the Eastern Conference is going to be like. I mean, Washington might be, still be above the Bulls. Uh, but outside of that, you know, they have a fairly good shot of making it in the top seven, top eight maybe, uh, depending on how things go. You know, the more important thing is you just want to see how Lonzo Ball is going to be able to do. Will he be able to continue to shoot well, have a good season like he had last season? Um, you know, him being able to score and facilitate and do all the things will be very important. And they're in the Eastern Conference, which obviously, you know, is going to be a little bit interesting. Obviously, maybe not as challenging as the West. Um, but I want to see how Lonzo responds to that. Can he get it going, be that kind of player the Bulls need him to be? You know, and the Bulls, like I said, their defense hasn't been there the last couple of seasons. Um, just seeing them get back to playing good, consistent basketball is key. Having the ability to be in those games with Zach Levine, you just want to see him they do ascend and be that difference maker uh, that they need him to be. So I think um, that will be the key thing to watch is how the Bulls and their chemistry does overall this season. You know, we'll be able to be able to push the right buttons. You know, with Caruso being there uh, as a, you know backup spot and some other notable players that need time to shine. You just want to see how well this roster uh, is going to be tested. Their bench will have definitely have to score a lot more better than this season. You know, last season. You know, but there's so much to like about this Bulls right now on paper with the roster that they do have. You know, um, you know they could definitely be competitive um, as long as they stay healthy and see progression from um, everyone in the starting lineup you know so they have something now which if they can just put it together if they can find ways to win games against other teams that they're supposed to win against you know it should bode well you know so in terms of like can they challenge in the east right now the top teams I don't see that happening right now but they do have a better shot now uh, you know, with the roster they've assembled, uh, and Billy Donovan hopefully is the right coach that actually sticks around longer than a couple of seasons for the Bulls. And not to mention, the Bulls also have some um, assets. You know, they have some draft capital that they can use in a, in a couple of years. So they're set up very nicely to build around uh, Lonzo and Levine, and that will be the king. Is how they'll play together, and with Levine kind of be able to take that approach this season of being that difference maker, being the closer of this team, as he has been doing for the past few seasons and getting the Bulls back on the map uh, in terms of the playoff picture in the postseason.